Welcome to another edition of the Built for the Storm podcast. Hosted by three-time World Series champion Jeremy Affelt. Affelt brings it. Chopper on the infield. Affelt to the bag himself. Get ready to experience life's winding journey through the minds of proven leaders in the worlds of sports, business, and entertainment. And he strikes out. That's four straight for Affel. Can't do it any better than Jeremy Affel. As they draw up your own personal playbook to overcoming the odds and achieving real success. We just don't give up. We don't quit. You know how we pieced everything together, man. Seeing teams win like this, the way we win. What's the best way to weather a storm? Run into it head on, charging full steam ahead. This is unbelievable, you know, game seven. I mean, this will be a memory for a long time for me. I'm so happy I got to come to the park today. Here's the fearless leader of our pack, Jeremy Affelt. Welcome to Built for the Storm podcast. For those of you listening and watching, I uh, have a really, really awesome guest that I'm looking forward to. I knew you carry as part of a uh as a volleyball team when we all watch the olympics as a beach volleyball player carrie walsh you're now carrie walsh jennings is actually probably your married name but uh, most decorated after your bronze medal the most decorated beach volleyball olympian in history so i'm super excited to talk about built for the storm scenarios with you because as we all know athletes it looks like everybody on tv whether it's you're playing in the professional world with there's some professional volleyball or the Olympics. Everybody is like, man, how awesome it is to be able to be gifted with the talents that they have. They're winning gold medals. They're having their competing. Life is great. Everything is perfect. And that's how people see us. That's how media makes it look. It's just a crazy. Even when you do the Olympics, when they do the stories behind the story, behind the person, when you're watching, it's a feel-good story. It's not necessarily a storm story. And that's what we get into here. So I, I just want to welcome you to the show. You have tons of accolades. Obviously, you've been a part of so many scenarios. I, <laughs> I have the list of things you've done. It would take me the whole show to read it. You've had an amazing career. I know that you said you were kind of with the COVID situation and everything getting pushed. It's weird how you're in the scene, out of the scene, trying to figure it out, trying to practice. I read about all that, but you've had an amazing career regardless whether it keeps going or not. But I want to talk about life, and I want to talk about who you are, where you came from, how you grew up, how you got into volleyball, and then uh, let's get into family life and talk just real-life stuff where we can just focus on the human side of you. So thank you so much for being here, and I welcome you. Thank you. No, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. You know, I grew up in the Bay Area and um, my mother, I mean, literally I'd put money down that she she could be the number one Giants fan in the whole wide world. Uh-huh. Um, and so I'm just I that franchise is my favorite in all of sports. The Warriors are challenging it these days, but um, uh-huh. I love it so much. So and my first dream, Jeremy, like literally my first dream as a little girl was to be the first major league pitcher girl. Uh-huh. And um Clearly it didn't happen, but you know, my dad played triple A for the A's. He is my favorite athlete of all time. Six, eight, just, he had a handlebar mustache on the mound, like so just beautiful and fluid. And, um, anyhow, sports has been so wonderful to me. Um, and sports to me is life. You know, I think a lot of athletes can separate, you know, like on the field, on the court, that's my sacred space. Like life doesn't affect me there. Like if my life is, is dog shit, I can't play. Yeah, <laughs> it shows yeah. up on the court, you know, it follows yeah. me everywhere. And so 
these conversations are so valuable because the storms are so valuable and you know, the storms in sports, the storms in life and they all serve. So I like this concept. Yeah, that is awesome. That is awesome. Like you say, you're six, eight. Now you're six foot three, right? Six, two and a bit. Six, two and a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, <laughs> tall. and, and, uh, your husband, how tall is he? Six, two and a bit. Oh man. So you're going to have some, uh, you got some, your kids are going to be, you know, my husband and I were both late bloomers. Yeah. And so our kids are pretty, I mean, they're not short, but they're, they're, you know, they're a little bit taller than average, I would say, but they're all like, let's grow. My daughter's like, I don't want to be as tall as you mom. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> my babe. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Well, trying to fight a husband like sometimes you found one, but six three, so you looking down on your man for. for, for... <laughs> no. well, I don't wear heels, that's for sure. You know, I told my friend who's tall as well. I'm like, you know, it takes a man to marry someone that's tall and maybe a little taller than you. She's like, it takes a woman. I'm like, you're right. It takes both. Right. <laughs> both got to be thick uh, here. Yeah. No, I was kind of the same way. I was thinking at the end of my freshman year, I just passed my mother, and she's five foot four oh. and i'm six five now i'm what? almost six five i'm just under six five yeah so i was a i didn't shoot up until my junior year but my what I, a blessing yeah my son though my oldest son i got my 10 my 12 and 10 they're growing they're getting tall but it's probably about i mean my my, my 12 year old's five one my 10 year old's just four ten they're, they're growing at probably normal rates my 14 year old yeah. six five two thirty five so and he, yeah, he is a beast. He's just oh. under six five. We, I made him take his shoes off for measurements the other day, and he hit six four. So now I tell him he can't say six five. But <laughs> football player, big kid, strong kid, like really, really strong. And unfortunately, I think he he might have passed me. He thinks it's fun now that I own a brewery when we're working out. That he always says, "Hold my beer," and then he he uh, he, <laughs> he he outlifts me a little bit at fourteen. So. Uh, I, I get that, man, big kids and they just seem to get bigger. They just seem, I don't know if we're feeding them or what, but, uh, but dude, that's, that's awesome. I, uh, and you're living in Tahoe, not in California. You moved up to Tahoe, right? Yep. Living North shore, Nevada side. It's been lovely. And you love the mountains. I mean, you're a beach volleyball uh, player, I, but. Yeah. Well, I grew up in like the Santa Cruz mountains, you okay. know, just South San Francisco. So I was, you know, born in the redwoods and I grew up running around there. Like my favorite is being in the trees. And so after I graduated Stanford, moved down to LA for 20 years, you know, in LA is beautiful. You got the beaches, but you're surrounded by cement. So the trees have always been calling. So to be back in Tahoe where I grew up going as a little kid, um, it's just, my soul is happy. Our kids uh. are in nature more like you know, like the, the literal space you have when you're in nature, like it's reflected in your nervous system and your psyche and your ability to handle things. So yeah. I think during the crazy times we've been in for the past couple of years, it's been a blessing to be up here. Man, I know Eric Burns is up there, I think, in that area with, with up in Tahoe a little bit. He brought his family. Yeah. So I think for the same reason. I've been up in, uh, uh, I've gone to Sheridan quite a bit and the Bighorns up there. My girlfriend has come down from there. And so she owns a little shop here across the street from the brewery and, and just going up there and hiking and she's taking me to all these spots and it is mm. so awesome uh, yeah. to just, to just see just all these, the beautiful rivers and I sit by them and I, like you saying this, oh. everything just connects with nature and everything just, yeah. you feel good. You feel so much peace and I know like a couple of years ago, I was going through a terrible divorce, unfortunately. And 
and I just needed peace, right? I just needed something uh, other than the chaos of busyness of life. And I remember just sitting by these rivers and just feeling, you know, and just allowing myself to feel yeah, and to listen to the river. And so that that's so awesome that you get to do that. You get to live. I, I actually came from Spokane, Washington, down to Texas. So I actually left oh, the mountains uh, to come down here. But I, I enjoy tech. I love it for what it is. It, it is. It's awesome. Wow. I, I definitely enjoy it. But I like returning to the mountains and Everybody Thank needs you. that. So that's great. You're doing that. That's, that's well, I like awesome. what you just said. You love it for what it is. You know, I think that's such an important perspective on life, you know, because you can't make something it's not. You know, I love that. Yeah. Nature is just so healing. You know, yeah. it's just we all need it. And I think that we all get so busy, busy doing busy work that doesn't really need to be done. You yeah. know, and for me, I definitely got caught up in L.A. Like you don't really realize you're in the sprint and the hustle. Like, you know, you're busy. You know, you got kids, you got the you know job, you got goals. But coming here, it's just when I go back to LA or back to NorCal, I'm like, oh my God, yeah. like, I can't believe we lived in that for so long. Yeah. And I love those places with my heart, but it's just like right now, the peace, the inner peace that we have, not that life isn't hard and busy and all these things, but I don't know, there's like a buffer, yeah. you know, around us because we're just in this environment. And I think the environments that we find ourselves in, whether you're in a city or, or in the mountains, like we can curate them to serve us, to serve us as, you know, as we need it. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that all of us can be mindful of. Like my environment is on purpose. Yeah. You that's know? good. Um, I like it affects that. everything. Yeah. I like yeah. that your environment's on purpose. That's awesome. And what are you doing yeah. now up there? Are you guys, I, I know you guys from reading a little bit, you guys have designed workouts that you guys have come up with a company to do that. Do you guys do that still? Do you guys train people up there or what, what, what are you guys doing up in Tahoe at the moment? You know, we're living life, really. Um, I'm debating whether I'm retired or not. So I'm training. You know, we have a pretty rad home gym. So my husband and I are always training. We're hiking more. We're, you know, we're using our driveway and we got the sled going and yeah. we're doing everything. Um, we're raising our children up here, which is such a gift. Um, and then, yeah, our company that you refer to is P1440. You know, basically it's a volleyball company and we service the youth in our sport. Oh, okay. And we do that through digital programming and through live events. You know, we want to give them really my dream in life. My goal is to like uplift and empower like, yeah. like everyone, you know, and when I look at these kids, like you, you have your three boys, like every child I see who has big dreams or just trying to get through life. Like they're just, I feel like they're so ill-equipped to handle the gnarliness coming at them because they're all expected to be perfect and get perfect grades and get accepted wherever school they want and to never strike out and to, you know, yeah. always get a kill. And it's all such bullshit. And so like yeah. within 1440, my dream is to just better equip these athletes and these humans and just remind them that it's all within them. Like yeah. nothing, you don't need anything outside of yourself. Like you have to fortify yourself, your faith, whatever that is, like come home to yourself, like you said, and know the tools are there, but you have to be challenged. You have to go and seek the fight Ooh. to sharpen, you know, the weapons you're going to use yeah. in life, but it's all there, you know, cause a lot of kids, like they just want to be saved. And it's like, no, I'm like, you're the hero, Yeah, you know? And so, and I want to live that way. And so for me, it's like, I want to be a walking billboard. I want to be my message. And so I will forever be an athlete. I will forever, you know, be sincere in my life because that's, you know, what I want to give back to the world and to inspire the people to do, you know, and I do it so messily, but I love it. So anyhow, up here, we're, we're living life. We're having fun. Things have slowed down a lot. Uh, I feel like, you know, I should know in the next 30 days, whether I'm going to make a run for Paris or not. Uh, and which is the next Olympics. And so yeah. if that's the case, if that happens, then everything shifts. Yeah. You know, training, training. Yeah. And I'll probably have to be in LA more. And so, but my, my whole goal, Jeremy is like, I want to, 
like I will, I know we'll get into this, but like I've lived five Olympic games and within that, that's like a life cycle of its own, you know, every four years, like you live major life and these pursuits, but like on my way out, I just want to, I want my life side and the priorities I have with my children, my husband and this, you know, just life, my faith to be just like equal, equal to my obsession with the pursuit for greatness, Yeah, you know, cause usually it's like this, yep. you know, like in words and in my heart, like my family and everything is way up here, way up there, you know, but in actuality, the time and the obsession, like for work is like, it's just, it's like this, yeah. you know? So I really want to live here. Cause I think that's where greatness is. I know it's possible, Balance. Um, yeah. But, yeah. you know, I've almost lost so much of so many relationships and my marriage because I, I skewed those priorities for too long, you know? So I just want to go out knowing I can do both at the same time, Yeah, you know? Yeah. That's difficult to do sometimes because oh. I think with people, with the athlete, you can kind of see it in some way, shape or form when it comes like even golf, right? I golf uh, now. I didn't start, I didn't start golfing until I was retired. Yeah. A reliever, we, we we didn't get the good job like a starter got. They only had to work once every five days. I had to work every day. So uh, I didn't get to golf. But now that I'm golfing, what I'm finding out is my pro said this to me. I was working with them because I'm one of those kind of guys. And athletes are like this. It's just how they are. Yeah, I'm not going to just go out and hit a golf ball and not understand why I'm doing it right or why I'm doing it wrong. I, I can't play that way. It, I don't function. And so I, get, I got mad on the, cor- on the course one time. He was trying to sh- work with me and, and help me learn my swing, and I got mad. And he looked at me, and he said, I got to tell you something. You're not good enough to get mad. And I was like, it's actually, it's actually pretty good. Like I, I, He goes, yeah, you're not good enough. You don't have the talent to be mad yet. You don't even know what you're doing. Give yourself time. But the problem is to be a good golfer I don't have enough time to go out there and hit <laughs> balls and to do for nothing. It's not my job. So I don't have the right. time and the effort and the repetition. And I tell my son this, I, you know, all the time, like my oldest and my, my middle one wants to golf. And I said, okay, but you're going to have to work because you have to remember I retired when I was 36. That's old, you know, in baseball, you know? And so, so I was like, Hey, but from the time I was five to 36, you know how many times I threw a baseball, how many times I repeated my delivery, and I still didn't do it right every time? Like, I did it better than most. That's why I was where I was, but I was not the best. I wasn't – there was guys better than me. There was guys that worked less and were better than me. I had to work so hard to do it that what people don't understand is in sports, you are trying to live a balanced life because outside of the arena, you're a mom. You're a dad, you're a yeah. wife, you're a husband, you're a friend who people don't look at you for gold medals or world championship rings. They like think you're just my friend. Like that's who you are. Right. Like, and you, you're trying to balance all these people, but the reality of it is in order to be who you are and what you're called to be, it takes a lot of work and you almost <laughs> do lose sight of that. Reality is you think you want to be like this, but work does this, but the best place is yeah right here but you said you've almost lost relationships marriage let's talk about that like what drove you first of all what what is in you that drives you to want to be this person like something in you said not only do I want to do sports obviously the first female pitcher didn't work out so like (laughs) but something drove you something drove you to say I don't just want to get to the Olympics 
I want to win the Olympics. And then once you win it, now it's like, I don't see why I'd want to stop winning it. So what, what, what yeah. is inside of you? Can you express what's inside of you that might've been the driving force behind that? But then what happened to when you finally said, wait a minute, this is becoming too much for my marriage. I could lose it. And so where was the struggle at right there? Oh, well, you're okay. So we're going to break this down. And if I, if I forget the next, the second part of the question, go, but help me, please. Yeah. My brain is not, you know, not that nimble. I threw threw a lot at you right there. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, there's just so much to all of that. Um, and it's all wonderful. So for me, I grew up, so I told you my dad, favorite athlete, you know, my mom is a little bit mighty, probably the most competitive human I've ever met in my life. My mom's one of eight. My dad's one of four, all athletes. Like my grandfather's stud athletes. My grandpa um, coached for the San Francisco Seals. My other grandpa is in the Hall of Fame at Santa Clara for playing uh, football and track. Like, And I have all these aunts and uncles who are just gnarly competitors. And growing up, I got to witness them compete every single week and weekend. So they would play on this really gnarly high-level co-ed softball team. And it was called Family Feud. It was only family you know, like siblings and in-laws. And it was gnarly, Jeremy. And like, it was the joy of my life to go on weekend nights in Santa Cruz and watch my parents compete. And they dominated, like they never lost. And if, if like the other team was within five runs, like there would be infighting and like everyone would be talking shit, like to their own family. (laughs) And then they'd go to the other team and talk shit, but it was so intense and so joyful. And they like, did not, they were just there to win period. Yeah. And I think part of it's like in the DNA, you know, of the Formico blood of the Walsh blood that I have. So it's like my birthright, you know, but I really believe one of the biggest gifts that my parents ever gave me was allowing me to witness them pursue that and to be consistent with it. And they talked, you know, if they did lose once in every five years, like they were still pissed off about it five years later and they, it just drove them, you know? And so that was a huge gift for me when the people you love and trust the most, like get so much out of, you know, pursuing something. And then I'm just, I was born into a sports family, you know? So from the, from the beginning, I was just always competing. I have a brother who's 11 months older than me who is my hero and he challenged me and he never took it easy on me. And I got to be on his baseball teams and his basketball teams. And I was just, you know, allowed to kind of be a tag along and it made me better. Cause I got my ass kicked a lot. Yeah. And as I was getting my ass kicked, I just always remember looking to the side and having my parents, like they smiled at me and like, babe, you got this, like yeah. stick with it. We believe in you, even though you're getting your ass kicked, you know, and that yeah. really served me very well having someone believe in my capabilities. So I think I just kind of grew up competing, loved it. But I think what drives me most, Jeremy, is that I'm so addicted to like personal growth and feeling improvement in myself. And that's just why I compete. Cause I just want to see what I'm made of, yeah. you know, like in volleyball, I've been playing since I was 10. I'm 44 right now, just turned 44 last week. I don't know if I'm retiring, you know, and I don't know if I'm retiring because there's more in me. Like I feel uh, it. I sense it, Yeah. you know? And, and it's just like for so long, I was just a physical athlete, like very athletic. And I wasn't refined at my craft that much, you know? And so I leaned on that. And then I became a little bit older, a little more mature. I was a little bit more precise, definitely mentally stronger, always been emotionally strong. But now if I move forward, I want to combine my spirituality, my physicality and my emotional capabilities. And I want to be a fucking Jedi as I compete, you know, and I've never lived in that space in competing. And that's what currently is driving me right now, you know, and if it happens that I don't compete again, I will bring whatever that mentality is, 
to whatever I'm pursuing. You know, I always say like, I regardless, when I stop being an Olympian, I still want to pursue gold medals. I still want to pursue something that's meaningful for me. I want to keep climbing mountains, yeah. you know, because I don't, I, I've never arrived. Like I want to keep growing, you know? And so I feel like, again, it's nature and nurture. It's in my DNA. And I've been surrounded by greatness in the Bay area my whole life. You know, I grew up with the Niners in the eighties, like yeah. never losing. Yeah. You Joe know? Montana, Jerry and, Rice action there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so fun. And I witnessed you guys, you know, win every other year, yeah. you know, and it was so damn fun. And I know how hard that is because I witness it and I study you guys, you know, and so I just want to be ultimately, it's not about the wins and, and all that and breaking records and gold medals. I want those things, but I just want to perform at my best consistently. And I'm on a pursuit to master myself, you know, within life and probably not possible, but as long as I'm not living in fear or playing in fear, and I'm living in my truth and I'm pursuing that, which is meaningful to me. I feel like I'm going to be winning. You know, I don't mind like the hard knocks. Yeah, I don't, I'm not above losing. I'm not. And I think like your child, like your, your son, um, you know, just when all of our kids are going through stuff, we're going through stuff. It's like, no, we're not, you're not perfect. And you're not above like starting at the bottom. I think that's a really important mentality, mm. you know, cause you didn't fall on top of the mountain. I didn't that's fall right. on top of the mountain. Right. I fell a hundred times getting there. Yeah. Yeah. And your, your book, I read that you, you saw this book in the back of an airplane seat where it says winning and losing. <laughs> and then it was crossed out and said learning, you know, like I, I really yeah. resonated with that book when just the title when I, because what I tell my sons all the time yeah. and then, and, and athletes know this and it goes along exactly with what you're saying is the word failure is a terrible thing in the English language. It's, it's a bad word for me because any, just saying the word failure, people automatically get defensive, right? They're just like, I don't want to talk about it or failure. People kind of, they, they sure. you can almost see a posture on you when it's teachable yeah. moments. That's what they are. You fall on your face to get to the top of the mountain. You don't fall on your face yeah. to say, I've never, I, I'll never get there. It's no, that's how you learn to right. get there. And so you saying that's super important, just that stuff in you to want it's ex, it's the pursuit of excellence for me. And, and I think that's what I hear you saying is it, it, even when I'm done playing, even if you're done, like whether you're done or not, you're not done. Your perspective Never. and your choice on what gold medal you go after just changed. That's all it did. But my still thought process of excellence still says, I want to still be the best at whatever I do. Like I'm a two time a week golfer. I want to try to be the best I can be when I'm out there, right? Like I want to beat my previous score. Like I still want to do things in excellence. I want to do it right. I don't just go out there to go out there. You know, I'm running this brewery. I want to have the best brewery in town or in the area. There's not really a lot of competition in breweries. We all help each other out. But I still want to do stuff in excellence. When people walk in here, they say, man, this is a great idea. This is done right or his staff is doing it right. And we just had a, st uh, a mm -hmm. owner's meeting for a staff meeting we have coming up. And I'm like, I want to talk about excellence. I want to talk about what it means to be a team player. We don't have yeah. some of that right now. And I want, I want it to be better. Like I pursue that. And so I think it's important that you said that it's, it's a learning thing and I'm not going to stop just because I quote unquote retired from volleyball. That's not, no. I didn't retire from life. Right. You didn't, you're not retiring from life. <laughs> you know, you have kids. Oh my raised. God. No. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. You retired when you were 36, right? Not 37, 36. 36 and that yeah. was considered old. Yeah. So that is shocking to me that that's old. I get it. I mean, that's so much mileage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I get and focus yeah. and all these things, but it's just like, you're a puppy. Yeah. 50 like, years left to live. Still. Yeah. 
Right. Right. So might as well, you know, play for the long game. And for me, I just, you know, I look at the world today and I look at my kids and I'm like, you guys, we have been gifted here, here. And with all of this, like in order to get the best out of life, it's all of it. It's not just your brain, right? Like you can't have a soft body and a strong brain. Like it all works together, you know? And so for me, it's, yeah, I just want to say that because I think people, people need permission to talk about excellence. Mm. They like like reminders that it is, it's not just me being smart or me being kind, like it, like how I show up matters. And for me in my life, like over the past, like the first year of COVID, you know, I went from like, I'm winning a gold medal this year to like, everything went away. Like, you know, that happened in everyone's life. Um, And I just, I got sad and I stopped moving. And I just had this realization over the past two years that I am a forever athlete. Like the physicality of me is so important you know, because it's an example. It's like, my words could be bullshit, but my, like the way I show up says everything. And I really believe like with your staff meeting, like, you know, people need to work hard and show up and care. And I think if you're a sincere person and you attack your days with sincerity, it doesn't mean you're always be performing your best, but you're trying your best or you're aware, or you're aware of your goals or your goals within your team. Like that is where excellence is because there's different, you're just going to show up in different days and have different capabilities. But again, if you're there and you're present and you care, like good stuff is going to happen, Yeah, you know? And I just think people take that stuff for granted. I work hard, but I don't really care. That doesn't do it for me. You know, like you have to care. You got to have all of it. Yeah, no, I, I think that's important. But but caring too much, very hard mm-hmm. for people to, I would say athletes especially. I feel like one of our, uh, I wouldn't say downfalls because it's not a downfall. It is, it's a necessary evil, but having passion and drive and focus and determination. But we tend to have the ability to almost leave other people in our tracks, right? Like, cause we're so focused here, we lose focus on something else. So you were saying one of your, one of your scariest moments was when you lost your marriage, almost, excuse me, almost lost your marriage. And for me, like I said, I lost mine. I never thought I would. But 80% of baseball players have to retire, they get divorced. And I thought, there is no way I'm going to be that guy. I'm a family guy. I'm all about family, dedicated. I'm faithful. You know, like, I love my children. And it happened. So you survived it, So which is awesome, by the way, because it takes a lot of uh, sacrifice and look in the mirror type stuff, right? And, and a lot of people have a hard time doing that. So would you be willing to share some of that story on how this pursuit for greatness almost costed you in another area? Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's something I'm so proud of, you know, um, and had we not worked out in the marriage, obviously there'd be, it'd be a less happy story on my end, but I would have been proud because regardless, we worked our asses off to at least try to try, Yeah. you know? Um, so we had, Going so my first Olympics with Misty was 2004. We won gold, and in 2008 um, we were trying to repeat. Never been done before, you know. And so um, for me, Casey and I got married in 2005, and I got pregnant right away. So excited, you know. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna start the family. I'll be a pro athlete and have my family. All these things, and then I had a miscarriage. And the miscarriage, the way it happened, was they're like, Carrie, you have to wait a year to try again to get pregnant. Otherwise it could turn into cancer. Like it was just a weird kind of thing, you know? And so we were kind of put in the position of waiting a year and starting our family or the Olympics, the other Olympics are coming around the corner, you know? And so we decided to wait. And 
I believe because I'm like, because I'm not starting my family, which I, that clock was ticking. I want to be a mom so bad because I was putting that on the back burner again. I'm like, I'm not losing. All yeah. I'm doing is winning it. All I'm doing is focused on excellence. And so for three years, all I was focused on was winning, but we, we lost maybe twice in three years. We didn't lose like, which is gnarly, yeah. you know, crazy and crazy. And so I'm traveling the world. I'm gone for weeks at a time. My husband's doing his thing, traveling the world, you know, competing as well. I'm writing him love letters. Like, like you know, we're connecting here and there. We see each other, you know, for 12 hours and I leave or he leaves and, I had no idea how disconnected we had become. And um, after Beijing, we won and we got home and then my whole life fell apart. You know, I got pregnant right away, pregnant with our first son, Joey. Um, things were really strained at home. And then I was like a week overdue with Joey. And my husband's like, I'm out of here, Carrie. I can't do this. We're different people. We've grown apart. I don't know if we ever loved each other, like crazy stuff. And I'm like, what? Yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm, literally wow. Having, I'm literally having our baby. Like, I love you. You know, Super I love scary. you. Like, oh my gosh, so crazy. And so anyhow, I've never felt less in control of something in my life. And yeah. I think the beautiful thing when you feel that way it's kind of like when you have children, like you realize like it's God's plan and they're God's children and you're just there to guide, guide and supervise. You realize that you have to, my faith became so important to me and it always has been, but I, I like had to double down on faith every single day. And what I learned, I did a lot of therapy. My husband, I tried to talk it out, work it out. And he was just gone. Yeah. Like gone. I'm like, okay, well, I can't control him. I can't make him love me again. So I'm just going to work on myself. Right. And I just 100% dug into all of my baggage, all of my issues. And I had realized that I was just pushing him away here and there, you know, like he'd want connection and I'd be like, babe, I'm tired or babe, like let's yeah. whatever. Like I just, I wasn't giving him all of myself, even though I felt so deeply in love and, you know, reaching out and all these things. And so anyhow, um, I remember going to my psychologist and he's like, Carrie, you know, if you're in and if your husband has like the tip of his baby toe in then yeah. you have a chance. Mm. And I knew I, Casey had that much in like maybe a little less, but he yeah. had at least a little bit. In. Yeah. And so I just remember, I remember asking Casey, I was like, babe, um, you know, all I want is clarity, like leave me. That's fine. But I just, I need clarity in this decision. I need it for myself. I need to, if you're going to leave me, I need to know I did my best. If you know, you're going to leave, I need you to know, like make that decision with a sound mind. Um, my husband he was going through his own things. He went to rehab, um, you know, for I think 21 or 28 days. He had been drinking a lot because he was so sad and heartbroken. And when he was mm. in rehab, he worked his ass off and he looked himself in the mirror, you know? And I yeah. feel like the fact that we each decided to do that, to look in our own mirrors, to stop pointing fingers and start looking within that gave us a chance, you know, um, yeah. it was so, it was so, so gnarly. And it's such a blessing, Justin. Like I just, the fact that we, we loved each other so much. Like I felt like Casey was family and like, I would have married him after two weeks. You know, sure. I just loved him so much and he felt like home. And yep. then, so we had that for so long and then drifted apart and then like severely drifted apart. But then we came back to each other. Like it's the most powerful thing, you know? And I don't believe in regression. I believe that all the experience you've lived, you take with you as you go. And so that gives me comfort, but I know forevermore that I will never be so end result focused that I lose my relationships or that I don't commit to my life. You know, my career will never, never surpass my life. 
even though my work-life balance is still like this, you know, works up here time-wise. Yeah. What I've really worked hard to do, Justin, which I think is the antidote to everything in life is I've worked hard to be present. Yeah. Because our presence with your children or with your partner, you know, it trumps weeks of being distant or weeks of just going through the motions, you know, and I think my husband sees that. Yeah, I think that's the most important for me is being present. And I think that you can balance a lot of things by simply being present. And it takes work. We train yeah. we train so much to be good athletes, but marriage, family, it doesn't just happen. And you found that out, right? Like it takes work. But that idea of one, giving yourself permission, you've used that a few times, and giving yourself permission to to be a certain way is okay. And it's okay to say, I'm giving myself permission to run a balanced life. I'm giving myself permission that not only do I want to be a good athlete, I want to be a good spouse and a good parent. It's okay. Well, how can I do those things? And you mentioned you went to a psychologist, right? Is that what you went to? Was yeah. It? yeah. He was my performance psychologist, but he turned into a lifesaver. <laughs> yeah, but they're great. And I, and I'm in, I have a therapist that I go to once a week and I talk life. I talk situations. I talk mental focus and how can I do certain things. And one thing that I have learned is that word present, be present. It's important time management to say, okay, when I come home and the job's over, I need to be present with my family. I need to engage with my kids. I need to engage with, I've met a beautiful woman. I need to engage with her, check in and be a part of that. There are times when it's okay to shut that down because there are other times that you have said during these times, I'm at work, I'm on, I'm doing that. And I balance that with being present and checking in and giving myself permission that it's okay to do those things. And the other thing I've learned is vulnerability and transparency and not being afraid. Just like I'm not afraid to toe a line. I'm not afraid to go after, throw balls under guys' chins. I'm not afraid to do what I got to do to win, right? And you do the same thing. And being an Olympian, you're competing against the top volleyball, beach ball in the world. It's not just like in your area. This isn't a city league here. Like, And everybody is driven and training all the time to achieve the same thing. Represent their country well, bring home gold, and ultimately win. And for me, I think vulnerability is huge. And to be able to be as vulnerable as you are on the beach volleyball, talking to your teammate, expressing all these things, we have to be able to do that in our relationships, whether it be with our spouse, our significant other, our friends, our kids. Vulnerability is big. Vulnerability oh. is, is transparency. This is how you're affecting me. This is where it hurts. This is what I'm not liking. And I address it now because if I don't, yeah. I do not yeah. become present. And I do disappear. And I'm not available. And that's where everything goes wrong, in my opinion. Oh, I love it. Well, there's so much strength to vulnerability, like so much because a, it's just, it's really hard to admit. Yeah, I'm, I'm wrong. Or yeah, I'm scared. Or yeah, I need help, you know, but when you do that immediately, you create an intimacy and a depth to the relationship, you know, and then you allow your partner, your teammate, whatever to serve you. Yeah. And then you have even more depth, you know, and and that to me is the most powerful thing ever. Like the best teams I've ever been on, we have been very honest and very vulnerable you know, and we have those hard conversations that you don't want to have. But also I think vulnerability comes with accountability, you know, because you don't want to be a victim. Like there's a quote that I love is you can't be a victim and a master at the same time, Mm, you know, to be a master, be vulnerable, 
you know, and I think those two like go hand in hand, because if you're not, if you don't have self-awareness, if you're not like realistically looking in your mirror, being like, this is my weak spot, this is where I'm vulnerable. How are you going to fortify yourself to go and take on the world Yeah, and to survive relationships that are so challenging inherently, Yeah, you know? And so I think the vulnerability part comes with knowing that it's going to lead you deeper. And I don't want shallow relationships. I don't want shallow partnerships, you know? Yeah. And like, I've been in like wars with the people I love the most yeah. and we've survived them. And because of that, I know we'll survive anything coming our way because we're mm. proven, mm. you know, it's like time in the saddle type of thing. It's like the Buffalo's charging the storm. Like That's that right. is so dope. That concept. Yeah. My friend says the fight, like seek the fight is the same concept. It's like, it's not, you're not looking for a fight, but you're like stepping up to whatever challenges in front of you. And you're not afraid of the challenges because you know, it's going to sharpen you, That's you right. know? So I think I love vulnerability. I love accountability. And I think that those two together are just extremely powerful. And if you can own both of those things and lead yourself first within your team, within your brewery, within your relationships, like, yeah. and you hold yourself so accountable, of course you can be a good friend or a good partner and say, Hey, you know, what you're doing now is hurting me. Yeah, It's not helping the team, you know, because you're accountable and you're, you know, you're leading by example. That's right. I feel like if you can do that in your relationships and, and all of that, like you're going to be a kick-ass team, yep. you know, because people rise with you, That's right. you know, or and if they don't rise with you, they fall away, you yep. know, and you're on different frequencies and they kind of, you know, settle where they go. And I think that's all such rad stuff, but also last thing, I think it's so yeah. important. You said to give yourself permission again, but also to have the thought of who do I want to be? Mm. Like what, what type of, what type of partnership do we want? Like you talking your, about your girlfriend and me with my husband. It's like, what type of couple do we want to be when times are tough? Yep. Do we want to be people who go and talk shit about each other, you know, and go have drinks and separate and then come together and pretend it's all good, but there's no, you know, there's no coming together. Or do we want to people who run together when times are hard? Having that pre-thought on the field, on the court, it's like, what type of athletes do I want to be when things are hard? Yep. Do I want to stand up and be like, I got this, I want this, I sign up for this? Or do I want to be like, oh shit, <laughs> like yep. coach, take me out. Like these thoughts help you to wrap yourself, your help you to wrap your mind around who you want to be. And the more you have these thoughts, the more your system and the world conspires to like help you. I really believe that. Yeah, you should, because that's an important concept. And I think it's the right concept. I think that you mentioned the Buffalo and they run in herds. They don't run by themselves. They need each other uh, to get through it. I also think that your spouse is a teammate and I view family as a team, like, and you have to have solid teammates. And like you said, I don't want to be that person that is frustrated with my teammate. And I go and just trash talk them behind there. I just bury them. But then I come back and like, hey, everything's good. And I've seen it right. a lot. I've seen it in baseball. I have. I've seen that. And those are the dysfunctional teams that aren't willing mm -hmm. to deal with it. I would rather have guys get in a fight in the clubhouse without media in there. Doors are closed. Stuff's being said. Hey, because one, we have thick skin. Athletes tend to have thick skin. We can get after each other. We can snap. We can get frustrated. We can yell. Hey, at least we got it out. Now, now we got it out there. Let's deal with it and let's go win something. And I think that that's super important, even in even in marriage. Like, I, I don't love to say fighting. I think fighting is kind of a tough thing in marriage. But if you don't disagree, it's not good because that means if you're just uh -huh. yesing each other all the time, there's something inside of you that's holding animosity. At some point, it's gonna come out, right? And it's gonna come out in a bad way. And I think just being able to voice that and being okay with that. And I look at it as protection. I tell my boys all the time this. If I don't know you, I can't protect you. And yeah. part of protecting you 
is knowing you to where one, when th- something of an outside source comes in and says something to you or acts a certain way, I know how that makes you feel so I can protect you in a way that I can actually combat that with something positive or I can pull you out of a situation or I can say things differently than what was said. The other way I can protect you is if I know you, then I'm not going to do something to trigger you because I love you enough to protect you and why would I want to put you in that position? And if I do, then it's on me and I'm not protecting you. But if I don't, if you're not vulnerable enough to tell me I can't be held accountable enough to know that I'm not protecting you and protecting my teammate, whether it be in life and relationship or in sport is super important. And I think athletes get that, you know, and I think that's why it's important to be there. No, I think it's so beautiful. And sometimes protection of, of your loved ones means a hard conversation, you know, and means like showing them their blind spots with love. I think that's kind of a lost art. My husband is like the king of speaking what's on his mind always. I'm like, baby, probably didn't need to tell me that because now I'm just irritated. But (laughs) he always wants to be on the same page, you know, and I, I know he's coming from that place, which is so powerful. You know, and when we were going through our hard times, like I kind of came from an upbringing of don't complain, do your job, suck it up and, you know, kind of old school. And it served me so well. And my husband, you know, he was the youngest of five, grew up in Vegas, single mom, had no structure, had no everything. And he would just like, they would go to fisticuffs like instantly, you know, and like just kind of engage. And my guy, Mike Gervais, he's like, Carrie, you cannot be afraid of, um, of conflict. Mm. He's like, you can't, especially in your relationships. He's like, there's so much intimacy there. Yeah. Like truly there's true intimacy. And so he's like, don't be afraid to engage. And that was something I really needed to hear, you know, yeah. because for me, it's like, I don't want to complain. I don't want to like be like, ah, oh, that makes me uncomfortable. I don't like that. I want to, I just want to deal with it, you yeah. know? Um, but that's not healthy and it wasn't healthy. And then, you know, I listened to a lot of this gentleman who has become like a voice of reason in my head, Jordan Peterson. If you haven't heard of him, you, you look yeah, at him. No, I, I think uh, he's from oh. Canada, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've been, he's just, he's I've been following him on Instagram. He's great. He, oh, he, he is he's awesome. So, and especially as a parent, it's incredible. Like he just makes the world make sense to me. But um, what was I going to say? He, oh, he talks about resentment and he's like, if you feel anger or resentment, he's like, it's literally your brain, like crying out for you to say something, Yeah. you know, and just having that self-awareness is like, oh, okay. I'm starting to resent my partner for not putting the dishes away. Like, let me speak to it. And then it doesn't become this freaking blow up in a week, you know? And so I think little things like that are just create a self-awareness in our bodies, in our brains that allow us to handle life real time. Yep. Not after the fact, you know, because like, like being present, like if you can handle something in the moment, like in the moment is like where my power is. It's like where love is and truth is. It's not in the past or the future. Like everything I have within me is right now. And so I think my goal is to live in the, in the moment as sincerely, as compassionately, and as truthfully as possible. Mm. And that's really, really hard because sometimes those things are hard and you have to say hard things and do hard things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's like a rest for a good, powerful life to me. Yeah. No, thank you. That was awesome. I, I appreciate it. We're almost out of time here, but I just wanted to tell you, man, these thoughts were super awesome for me. And I really appreciated the conversation. I, I feel like yeah, I love dialoguing with athletes. I love dialoguing with people that go through storms because I learn so much from them. But sometimes it's therapeutic for me, right? Like it's kind of 
it helps me. One, I, it challenges me to think a certain way at times, but then also too, it also is, there's comfort in knowing that there's other people that have dealt with similar things and they're coming across similar situations. So it's almost like a confidence booster that says, man, you're thinking right. Like people are starting to think uh, right. Healthy people think a certain way and it's mm-hmm. encouraging. Man, Carrie, I, I, I appreciate your time. It's been great talking with you and and I really want I hope you you figure it out man I hope I hope you 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 find a time to say whether whether I need to keep going (laughs) or or not keep going but you're going to do great in whatever you do and it has been awesome conversing with you and and your future's bright and I'm so thankful that I got to have this conversation with you well I feel the same Jeremy thank you so much I'm excited for you and you know, life is so full of transitions. And I think that our mindset within transitions is everything, you know, and to be excited mm. about what's to come and what's in front of us, even if it's hard in the moment, I think is so important. Um, and the last thing I want to say is that yeah. I, what I've come to learn through all the high performers that I've studied is that most of them, most of us, they really believe that everything is there to serve them. Everything. Yeah. Losing a marriage. It serves you something in such a powerful way. Almost losing my marriage taught me the best lessons of my life. Mm. Taught me so much about myself. I've been through so much. We've all been through so much. And if you look back on it, it has served us very well. Yeah. You know, and so that's why it's like, no matter what's coming, I'm so excited for it. And I feel like the challenge in life and Jordan Peterson said this, he's like, you know, if you're in a situation that you would never, ever pick, like it's a hard situation. He's like, what you need to do, basically, the encouragement is to say, I'm here for this. I volunteer for this. Because if you volunteer to step up in a hard time, your whole system, your psyche, your physiology steps up to allow you to kick ass. Yeah. But if you're just feeling like, shit, I don't want to be in this situation. This sucks. It's miserable. I can't wait till it's over. You're the vac- You're the victim in the master victim situation. You've been dialed into the Built for the Storm podcast with Jeremy Avell. And he strikes out. That's four straight for Affel. Can't do it any better than Jeremy Affel. If you like what you heard, please like, rate, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify today. Jeremy Affel here for Free Roam Brewing Company. Do you enjoy craft beer? I do. So I started Free Roam Brewing Company. Our logo, environment, and community all reflect the mighty buffalo, a creature built for the storm. It symbolizes inner strength, perseverance, and a love of freedom. Here at Free Roam Brewing Company, we are determined to strengthen our community through the love of craft beer. Our premium quality lagers and ales reflect the diverse experiences and tastes of our community. In a boundless world of potential beer styles, we cherish the freedom to roam. So if you're in the Bernie area, whether local or passing through, Join us on Main Street and enjoy your freedom. Jeremy Affel here for the Hotel Via. I know you've heard it's at the intersection of sports, technology, and entertainment. But for me, it's my home away from home when I visit San Francisco. I can give you 50 great reasons why I chose Hotel Via, but it's easier for me to say it provides all the comforts of home, family-owned and operated, and of course, it's across from the beautiful Oracle Park. So when you're coming to San Francisco for business, pleasure, vacation, or just coming to a sporting event, check in to the Hotel Via.